Hello, and welcome to Urban Hood Money Talk. It's a fact that we need money to enjoy life and focus on the things that we really like. I'm your co-host, Ali, and I'm here with Mushi Buya. Our mission is helping you gain financial freedom, and we're super excited that you're here with us. Our focus, again, is personal tax, not the business tax. We will lean into some of the areas. We'll tell you this is this falls in business areas. Follow with that. Be familiar with the concept. Watch rule. Watch if you are a stock trader or investor that you know most of us, meaning we have 10,000 people in our community, in at our hood community. And people all the time ask me, these are tax time, should I sell? I said, well, at least be familiar with it. What is this? Watch sales. What sell is when you have you buy a stock and you have it in your account within 30 days. Know that 30 days is the transaction. Within 30 days, you have a loss and, and, and sell. You are not buying back. So there are the, the time criteria 30 days, then keep it holding and then sell it. And if you buy it back again, then on the same account, all this transaction has to be within the same account. Let's say you have a stock and that stock you have it in your short-term account means day trading or your swing trading, you're doing it. But on, a, on your 401k, that same account, you're buying it. You thought, oh, it's a good deal. You Let's say you bought Tesla and Tesla, by the time you bought it, it was $1,100. Now it's like around $900 and oh, I'm lost in you know, taxes and maybe I can take some tax credit but you're buying it on your short-term account and then you're uh, selling it on the short-term account or, or you have a loss, but you end up buying it on your the retirement account, you will not be able to take advantage of that watch sales. So be very familiar with it. And is it good? People ask, is it good watch sales? It is a good technique if you use the timing right. So you are going to get a lot of more details later on when Rajesh is going to be sharing his content, but be familiar with it. And also know that, you know, today's session, as you are going to be trader or investor, you are going to be have scenario, it's not going to work for everybody. We all do tax filing doesn't mean that we all pay the same tax and everyone has a different situation. situation. You may have a one kid, two kids, three kids, or you have some other uh, the responsibility in your family or your situation is not you're married, divorced, depending on your situation and age and the income you make, loss, your return also different. So the, this is why it's always good to rely on someone professional, but at the same time, when you make a decision, just don't go it because, you know, TurboTax told you. Hello everyone. My name is Rajesh Shah. I am a certified public accountant working as a tax consultant, accounting advisor, and also a public notary uh, in the state of New Jersey. We deal uh, starting from a personal and business tax returns, multi-state tax returns, tax planning. That is a very important aspect. We do the accounting bookkeeping services. If there is any IRS audit, state audits, audit, then definitely we provide the help to resolve all their kind of the tax notices. We also expertise in a expert kind of the taxation with foreign bank accounting report, business formations, and all other different kind of the services. We are going to have a brief discussion about the contents of the Form 1040, as Mushi said, that this is totally going to be focused on a personal tax return, individual tax return. In our today's discussion, uh, here are the you know topics that we are going to focus. Basically, the uh, brief introduction about the Form 1040, various deductions which are allowed, what are the tax brackets, certain tax saving uh, tips, how losses can help you to save your taxes and what's new this year. So these are going to be the contents of a discussion today. So Form 1040 is a US individual tax return and they have certain schedules starting from Form W-2 to Schedule E. Form W-2 is basically showing up the wages income, your federal income, uh, I mean the federal wages Social Security, Medicare wages, state withholding, federal tax withholding, and all these kind of the stuff. 
then uh, schedule a of the form 1040 is itemized deductions that is what we are going to uh, discuss uh, in schedule b is a interest and a dividend incomes so like if you are investing certain money uh, into any stock and uh, if you are earning any kind of the dividend if you have certain uh, you know time deposits with a bank from which you are earning the interest income so this kind of the interest income dividend income is to be uh, uh, shown on a schedule b of the form 1040 schedule c which is a profit and loss from the business so if you are a sole proprietor or if you have a single member llc the net income from that business as a sole proprietor or as a single member llc should be shown on a schedule c but in today's discussion, we are not going to have a detailed discussion on that because it relates to the business part of them and that we will cover in upcoming webinars. Schedule D is a capital gains and losses and Schedule E is a supplemental income and loss. Supplemental income and loss uh, will include like if you are a partner in any partnership or if you own any small business corporation then uh, you are going to receive a K1, your share of income from the partnership or your share of the income from the small business corporation. So income from this K1 is going to be reported on a Schedule E. Also, if you own any kind of the rental real estate, if you have any rental property where from you are earning a rental income. So you also need to show this rental income as well as the expenses related to the rental income on a Schedule E. So basically, there will be a wages income, interest dividend income, profit or loss from the business, capital gain, supplemental income like a K-1 income and a rental income. So that's what is reported on a Form 1040 as an individual tax return. The aggregate of all these kind of the incomes, wages, interest, dividend, profit, loss from the business, capital gain, and the supplemental income, we can consider as a total income during the particular year. Out of the total income, you can either claim the itemized deductions or there can be a standard deduction. So let's see what will be the standard deduction See that the amount of a standard deduction much depends upon the filing status. Like if a person is filing as a merit filing separate tax return or a single person, then the amount of the standard deduction will be $12,550 for the year 2021. If it's a merit filing joint tax return, it will be $25,100 for these years. And for a head of the household, that will be $18,800. What does this mean? Standard deduction is nothing but a deduction about the incidental expenses. Like we earned the income, we earned the wages income, we earned the uh, dividend income, we have a capital gains, right? But in order to earn this income, we also incur certain expenses. To be very simple, we can say that going from home to the workplace, coming back from the workplace, certain commute expenses are incurred. And there may be other certain kind of the incidental expenses. But if you are a wage earner, such actual expenses incurred, like for example, from traveling or commuting from home to the place of work and coming back from place of work to the home, they are not specifically allowed as a deduction, but they are indirectly compensated to the taxpayer in the form of the standard deduction. So standard deduction is nothing but a kind of an incident, a, a kind of a deduction towards the incidental expenses. This standard deduction reduces your total income. And when income is reducing, of course, that is also reducing your amount of the tax. But there are two things. One is a standard deduction. Let's say when you have a this singular standard deduction that uh, 12,550, right? What are the items can go? I know you mentioned about, about a few things that your travel expenses to commuting expense, correct? Correct, correct, yeah, no. yeah. What other, uh, other expenses can go into it? Like you can also take them as your personal expenses, day-to-day -day living kind of the expenses, right? 
So mm -hmm. they are all covered, deemed to be covered under this particular case of the standard deduction. Right. So there is no specific, you know, kind of the expenses that which can be, uh, you know, that can be expressly allowed to you by way of a deduction. Mm -hmm. But this is a minimum deduction that you are always able to get uh, towards this kind of the incidental expenses. So some of us have our young ones, let's say you know, they are still in, in college or in high school or they just got out of college. They don't make too much money. Mm -hmm. but there is still a single and not married. So can they, they can take advantage of this 12,500 deduction, correct? Correct, when, correct, yes. Yeah. So they can also take advantage of this $12,550 as the deduction. Mm -hmm. So let, let's say that uh, uh, there is a single person who mm -hmm. makes like $18,000 <clears> mm -hmm. by doing some part-time work or you know job or any other kind of the stuff. Right. So now out of $18,000 in a year, $12,550 will become the standard deduction, wow. right? Mm -hmm. So only remaining amount on, the, I mean, he or she will be paying a tax only on the remaining amount of the income. Let's say 18,000 minus 12,550. Mm -hmm. right. So uh, let's say on a $7,450, he or she will be making a payment of the tax. Nice. So by, the time, by the time we are done, then you are going to... I think you're going to, we're going to make a plan. Come some others who asked me, hey, we are a stock trader. How can uh, you, you save money on that, uh, on the capital gain and others? But this is, a, even though that this person who does, uh, who makes 18,000, if he or she does some stock trading, they can take benefit from it also. Uh, yeah, by, by taking the amount of the standard deduction, definitely they, they can take the advantage for that. Yes. For here, for, right away, 18,000 minus 12,500. This is like you, you have about 5,000 uh, uh, something that you are going to pay tax for income, taxable income showing correct. up on this person, correct? Yeah, yeah. And even, you know, that there is also a room for a tax planning here. Uh, like, let's say that a person is earning uh, $18,000. So, mm -hmm. and out of which 12,550 is uh, not taxable, we can say, in the form of the standard deduction. We assume that it's a single filer. So, still there remains a net income of $5,450 on which mm -hmm. that person will be supposed to make a tax payment. Now, if you want to legitimately save the amount of a tax, put that uh, amount, 5,450 or let's say $6,000 into the traditional IRA. Put right. that money and you save the tax. So you, uh, at a time you are saving a tax as well as you also put the money into the IRA and you also save the money. So somebody asked here that uh, Rajesh that, you know, yeah. can a child who is working be both a dependent on the parent's tax, parent's tax return and also steadily or separately file their own taxes? I mean, I think they meant to yes. separately. Yes, their they, own they can separately file the, their own taxes. Correct. Yeah. So they, this person can be a parents dependent plus they can file their they own They can tax also file, yes. And they, they can, can also file their tax, correct, so then yes. They can take a standard deduction? Yeah, they can definitely take the standard deduction. Awesome. Yes. And uh, like, uh, let's take one another scenario. Like a person uh, who is a single person makes, uh, uh, let's say only $12,000 in a year, right? By way of uh, wages. So you know that out of $12,000 that he is making, uh, already there is a $12,550 as the amount of the standard deduction. So we can definitely say that his tax liability is going to be zero without any kind of the IRA requirements or any other kind of the investment. He is not going to pay. He or she is not going to pay any kind of the tax. So in that case, uh, still they are making the money. So uh, you can motivate your child, you know, to uh, invest this money into certain kind of the, you know, uh, uh, kind of the savings. Like they can think of making a Roth IRA. See, Roth IRA, there is no tax deduction and they don't need the tax deduction at this particular stage because their income is already below taxable. Now so they you, don't need it. Now you're ahead of me, uh, brother. I told you that we are going to have a plan, you know, uh, someone who makes 18,000 is still young. <laughs> yeah, and then see, but we already know it saved this person to other 
12,550 single yeah. and is not married and has about 4,000, 5,000 uh, the taxable income. But Roth is coming next. By the time this person is going to walk out with the paying no, nothing to Uncle Sam. But yes. um, somebody just mentioned here on the chat that mm -hmm. someplace he uh, read that a child they return you can you can pay the child when they turn 12 for household jobs etc can you please elaborate on, on it and how it helps or affect the taxes if child will need to file his own taxes or stay dependent on parents taxes or any effect of the taxes for payments who are paying him uh, yeah, basically in that case, like if you own any kind of the business for a business expenditure purpose, you can make a small payment to the child and a child can also show that as an income and put that money into the IRA and not paying a tax on that. Uh, within the limit of the standard deduction, you can always make a payment and the child will not incur any kind of the tax liability on that. As I said, uh, that child can continue to remain a dependent on the parent and the child will be filing a separate tax return for them. And uh, within the limit of a standard deduction, there is not going to be any kind of the tax liability. Or if there is going to be, then they, you can think of, you know, putting the money into the IRA or Roth IRA, depending upon the situations. Awesome. Thank you. Last one for this topic, folks. Thank you, everybody. But I'm going to read this one, Brajesh, um, and then we'll yes. move on to the next topic. So does a side hustle by a child selling items on eBay, any anything like to it, constitute earned income for which the standard deductions can offset? Is there an issue of sell self-employment uh, tax? Yes. So like uh, when you are selling any stuff on the eBay or Amazon or any other kind of the platform, so definitely yes. So this is constituting a kind of a business uh, to be carried on or which is being carried on by a child. Mm -hmm. And he need to report this income on a Schedule C, the business. Uh, and definitely when you report any income on a Schedule C, there is going to be a self-employment tax. Awesome. Thank you. But yes. but one more thing I would like to tell. However, this thing I am going to cover in a business webinar separately. Thank you, Brajesh. Lastly, yeah. before we move on, someone yeah. just asked, you know, can you differentiate a single with um, uh, MFS? You have either married with a married filing or you have a head of household. If in that situation, head of household uh, and taking 18,800, the yes deduction. so yeah if you can just okay in this scenario this person let's say you have husband and wife maybe mm -hmm. the wife is not working only husband is working can he or she or can she he or she whoever the partner is can take advantage of 18,800 single day standard deduction in that uh, scenario yeah so there are certain specific rules under the irs mm -hmm. uh, what is defining the head of the household. Mm -hmm. So let's say I can give you one simple example that uh, there is one person, say divorced or a single person mm -hmm. and taking care of the parents and parents are becoming, uh, you know, that kind of, you know, the dependent on that. So in that kind of the exceptional situation, you can be considered as a head of the household and you can definitely get uh, this higher amount of the standard deduction in compared to the single like $18,800. Mm. But yeah, there are certain detailed rules uh, regarding the head of household uh, under the rules uh, under the IRS. Right, great. Yeah, thank you. Let's let's mm. move on to the next. Yes. Next uh, uh, is an itemized deductions. Itemized deductions or standard deduction. The previous slide, yeah. So either the amount of a standard deduction or the itemized deduction, whichever is greater, will be allowed to you by way of a deduction. Now, let's say that I am filing a tax return as a married filing jointly. So my amount of the standard deduction will be $25,100. But if I am trying to itemize, I have a medical expense, I have a state and local income tax, I have a mortgage, I made a charitable contribution, but when I make a total of all one, two, three, four, 
it came to $30,000, $30,000. So then either $25,100 my standard deduction or $30,000 the itemized, whichever is greater, I will take $30,000 the amount of deduction. But let's say, assume that the total of my itemized deduction is just, uh, let's say $24,000 or let's say $21,000. So in that case, I will get an advantage of a standard deduction. Again, uh, after the introduction of a TCGA, very few people are able to really itemize the deductions. And most of the people are able to get only the standard deduction. Now, let's discuss one by one. First is a medical and a dental expenses. So like there is a medical co-payment, there are a prescription drugs, there are certain other medical expenditure that you are incurring. I see that based on the discussion with a client that there is a misconception. People understand that whatever amount of the medical expenses they incur, they definitely get them by way of a deduction, which is not correct. Medical or dental expenses can be allowed to you as a deduction only if they are exceeding 7.5% of your income. I give you a very simple example. Let's say I am making $100,000 as an income. So let's first consider what is a 7.5% of my income that comes to $7,500. So as long as my medical expenses are not exceeding these $7,500, I do not get any deduction for the same. So let's say uh, I spent $6,000 on a medical expenses, no deduction for me because it doesn't exceed 7.5% of my income. But if my medical expenses are $8,000, then I will get only $500 by way of a deduction. So bottom line that whatever you spend on a medical does not qualify for a 100% deduction. They are eligible only in excess of 7.5% of your income. Second, which is a great limitation imposed under the TCGA, that a deduction for a state and a local taxes has been restricted to only $10,000. So that includes your state income tax. That includes the property tax, right? So aggregate of this kind of the deduction should not be more than $10,000. And because of this limitation imposed under the law, uh, most of the people are not able to itemize the deduction. So that is a great limitation. But just FYI, it's not a law, but it's a proposal uh, under the proposed act uh, by Biden administration that they are thinking of increasing this limit to $80,000. So in that case, yes, it will be good. If from 10,000, it is increased to 80,000 in future, then definitely you will have the itemized deduction, uh, great advantage. But as of now, it is restricted to only $10,000 only. The third deduction you are getting is a mortgage interest. On a principal residence, when we are borrowing any mortgages from the bank, only the interest portion will be allowed by way of a deduction. Also the charitable contribution that is also allowed by way of a deduction. Now, as I said, if your total amount of the itemized deductions are less than the standard deduction, then definitely you are getting a standard deduction. So people come under the wrong impression that they are not getting any advantage of making a charitable contribution, which is not correct. Now, even though you are uh, getting a standard deduction, then also you will get additional deduction for a charitable contribution. And that additional amount of a deduction will be $600 for a married filing joint tax return. But in case you are not taking a standard deduction, you are able to itemize, then you can get a higher amount of the charitable contribution based on the actual contribution that you are making. Charitable contribution will include both cash as well as a non-cash. So like you are donating a cloth, you are donating a food. Yeah. So the reasonable value of that can also be considered as a part of the charitable contribution. And it is also eligible for the purpose of the deduction. One another thing that what I observe that people think of going to an accountant 
let's say in the always in the month of february march april only this is not correct you should approach your accountant in the month of october right before the year end mm -hmm. october november december these three months are best for a tax planning see if you will come to me in the month of january i will not be do able to do any kind of miracle or any kind of good job for you yeah see i can give you a better tax advice for a tax planning tax saving strategies if you come to me on time yeah you you contact me in the month of october november december today we are focusing only on the individual but as a individual i mean the taxpayer you also need a tax planning right so Rajesh, somebody mentioned here, is there a deduction for charity that can be used along with the head of household deduction? Uh, yes, of course. I mean, uh, within the limit of that 300, 600, definitely you can get that. And the other thing, what form do you feel to include charitable donation with your tax return? And that is a schedule A. That is a okay. schedule A, the itemized deductions. But if uh, you know that you are not able to itemize, then there is a special line item on a form number 1040, which makes you eligible to you know that this specified amount of the uh, charitable contribution deduction. AJS adjusted gross income. How do, you, how do you arrive at that? Because it's not all the income. It is you have to adjust it, right? If you put a HSA account, you can deduct it. If you put a, Yes, yes, you can get a self-employed deduction, you put IRA amount, you have a, you know, any ch children education expenses. So there are certain adjustments which are made against the total income. And after these adjustment, the balance is considered as an adjusted gross income. So once uh, we determine the taxable income, then comes the tax brackets. These are the tax brackets uh, for a single married filing joint from it it will range from 10% to 37% based upon uh, you know the income thresholds so uh, even this can be even equally important tool for a tax planning let's say a person uh, who is filing a joint tax return and uh, let's say without uh, just an aggregate amount of the salary income for husband and wife are uh, let's say they are coming to $95,000 or let's say they are coming to $91,000 if it's $91,000, they will reach to the higher tax bracket, which is 22%. So here we can advise them, you put $12,000 to IRA, $6,000 for you, $6,000 for your wife. So in that case, your income will become 81, below $81,000, right? So you can save another 10% of a kind of the tax. So if you know the tax brackets, again, if you approach your accountant well in time before the December of 30, December 31st, and to do some, you know, kind of the calculations to know that what can be your tax liabilities, how you can change the bracket by doing the legitimate tax plannings. So for that, you should be aware about this kind of the tax brackets. What is the tax bracket to contribute to IRA? You said 6,500 is the amount. But what is the tax bracket for that? Can you repeat that? If you don't uh, no, no, no. It was only a kind of the tax planning I was uh, talking about. Like if you consider the 12% rate of a tax, correct? For a married filing joint, up to $81,050 of the income, your tax rate will become 12%. That's what I'm saying, okay? But let's say uh, for any married filing joint couple, the gross income, I mean, their income was $92,000. So they exceeded 81,000 category. So when they exceeded 81,000 category, they will go to the next bracket, which is 22%, correct? How you can do the tax planning? You can think of putting the money into the IRA. Like husband will put $6,000 to IRA, wife will put $6,000 to IRA, $12,000 they will put. So out of 91,000, 12,000 minus, so it falls below 81,000. So instead of paying you paying a 22% tax by putting the money into the IRA, you can pay the 12% amount of the tax. So that will definitely help you reduce the amount of tax. In that case, uh, I would always suggest that think of tax planning ahead of the times. Don't approach or don't contact your accountant in the month of April. You should approach the accountant always before December 31st so that uh, you can get a proper advice uh, even see that one more thing I can tell you that like all the most of the individual tax uh, uh, payers are simply not only having their uh, you know the wages income they might have 
like a rental income, you have a capital gains, right? Now, what the issue is, let's say you are having $100,000 as a salary, you also made another $50,000 in a capital gain. Now, what happens that if you do not contact your accountant, if you don't tell him well ahead of times that, hey, I am estimating that my capital gain will be $50,000 this year, then you are losing here. You have paid a federal income tax, state income tax only on your W-2 income. But in spite you made a $50,000 in the capital gain, you haven't deposited any tax in advance with the IRS. You need to make the estimated payments. So if you fail to make the estimated payment, then there can be some penalties which is imposed by the IRS. So you are, at that time, you are paying unnecessary amount of the penalties to the IRS. So you should be always well prepared. You should give proper estimates to the accountant well ahead of the times. Ask him to get the estimated tax payment vouchers, make estimated tax payments on time to avoid any kind of the penalties from the IRS. Moreover, even at a state level, same thing happens. Let's say you file the extension, but you did not make the sufficient estimated tax payment. In that case, your extension is automatically denied by the state. And they will also charge you the penalty, not only for making the underpayment of the tax payment, also for a late filing of the tax payment. See that sir, your extension uh, has been denied by the state in that case. So I have a quick question, sir. Uh, when you're saying approach accountant before the December 31st, how will you manage that? Because you said only IRA 6,000 for husband, 6,000 wife. So what are the other deductions what we can make? If we, if we made any capital gains, that is the first question. Second question is when we do the rental income, is mm -hmm. it good to have personal or do we need to have through LLC? Yeah, see, LLCs are also a pass-through entity. Ultimately, it is flowing through your personal tax return. But advantage of LLC is that in addition to the rental real estate expenses, you can claim certain other expenses by way of a deduction. So in that case, I suggest to have the business under the name of LLC rather than a personal. And so far as the managing is concerned, that you just need to give the estimate to the accountant that that is what I am planning. See, you give him your, you know, that latest pay stub until like November. So as an accountant, I will know that what is your wages income till date right? How much taxes have been withheld? Now, if I add up the capital gain, what could be your amount of tax? How much is underpayment? Then I can advise you that how much additional amount of tax you need to pay. So that's all an accountant can do. You just go to the accountant, give the estimates, ask him to prepare the estimated vouchers and definitely he can help you. No and, and also you said that under 81,000, we will come into 12% after 81,000 is 22%. Correct. So if I, if I earn 140,000, so first 81,000 is 12%, next remaining amount will be 22%. Of course, yeah, that, that's why it is called as a bracket. So even like for a first 19,900, you will pay only 10% tax. Then from 19,901 to 81,550, you will pay 12%. And then on additional amount, you will pay 22% tax. Sir, but until if you up, can... to, up to what amount it is 22%, sir? Uh, 170 to 750 for a married filing joint tax return. After that is 30%? Uh, then it is 24%. Up to 329,850. Let's say, suppose if a person is making 100,000 and then 50,000 capital gain, which contains not only from the stock, but also from the cryptocurrency. Yes. How can we, how can we reduce that capital gain uh, from that? I mean, like, because mostly you get the tax information from your broker at the end of the year. How can you estimate before, during the planning phase? Yeah, see that you at least should have a knowledge that for what price you had purchased this stock and what price you are selling it. So at least you can make a rough kind of the estimate that approximately, let's say 50,000, let's say 75,000. So at least we can, we are able to give you some reasonable estimates than doing nothing. So at least pay some amount of the tax based on that and you get rid of the penalties. See, most okay. of the clients, when they are approaching me first time, they, are, they started talking that we have been paying the taxes and we do not save the tax. But that's the reason. You approach your accountant at a wrong time. That, that's the thing. So here is uh, 
the you know maximum limits uh, for our contributions to the ira 401k health saving account flexible spending accounts so the, you know that that is reducing your income uh, that is helping you to save the amount of a tax so even based on the age limits and certain other thresholds you can also make a catch up contribution additional contribution for example if taxpayer is 50 years and above they can make a additional contribution of 1000 dollars to the ira so let's say there is a person who is a 45 years of age can make only 6000 let's let's say the person is of 52 years of age can make $7000 to the uh, uh, this amount of the ira so again that will be uh, helping you you know to save the amount of the tax by putting but even you know that these briefly have been taken care in my example of 92000 putting the money into the ira yeah so 401k health savings account and flexible spending accounts are also the another options which are available so brajesh so based on this uh, this person we we are talking to or uh, we are creating this fictitious character let's say you know let's uh, your daughter my daughter same age situation mm-hmm. correct made, correct uh, made uh, 20000 or what did we say 18000 correct yeah they, they can uh, they had they made that uh, standard deduction or took the advantage of uh, and has a 5000 something that they have to pay tax but now if they put that extra money in a roth benefit in a, roth, yeah, traditional ira traditional yeah. ira then definitely they can have no tax liability yep let's say 18000 minus uh, their amount of the standard deduction 12550 again they put another 6000 to say traditional ira no income So right, there is no tax payable so th- this is why sometimes you know that your software cannot do this for you guys you know this just have, have to use uh, some expertise with the people who has been doing it for years and get their uh, input and make sure you know you help them to make the right decision so this person let's say we are talking about it, it still has time from between january till march or the april to put the fund that that a traditional ira or roth ira whatever it is that way they can work out zero tax correct yes i can give you one more thing that you have a time until the extended date of filing the uh, form 1040 which is a 15th of october so it means that you have until 15th of october 2022 to invest this money into the ira so you see that uh, it's, it's amazing so uh, we are not even uh, teaching them or also some of us are not thinking hey what other way we can do legally ethically and and morally just correct, be, correct, be yes. careful on, on that cool. okay uh, ask a quick question sure, sure. Uh, this fells uh, the fsa there is a flexible spending account spending account is the employer contribution yeah employer. yeah basically this is something relating to only a, an employment uh, i mean the employer employee relationship and this is something uh, set up by the employer so when as an employee you are making a contribution up to 2750 it is not taxable let's say my uh, my gross salary uh, right my gross salary is 82750 now uh, if uh, i am i'm supposed to pay the tax on 82750 but if i am putting 2750 to fsa then i will be paying a tax only on 80000 for what purpose this is meant for this fsa is spent for you know that for uh, medical uh, expenses uh, like my medical co payments my insurance payment my drugs prescription drug payments right and i can make this payments out of the flexible spending accounts what is the difference between that and hsa see hsa is basically uh, a kind of a self funded account so for setting up the hsa you don't need any employer and employee relationship just uh-huh. like you open the ira account you open the hsa account okay but you yourself cannot do the fsa account because this is something can be done only by the employer uh hsa account cannot be open if you have a uh, ppo uh, insurance high low deduct- high deductible insurance correct correct so yeah there only are... if you have high deductible insurance you can keep in hsa correct. if you have a low deductible insurance you cannot keep you SSA cannot keep that yeah. yeah so there are keep. all for even see for ira roth ira 401k there are so many other detailed rules but we are you know that at a glance uh, we are able to explain you that these are the tax kind of the strategies yeah, yeah. if you are under certain income and above you cannot uh, 
Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Rajesh, uh, what amount we can keep on uh, uh, what do you call that uh, IRA and uh, Roth IRA? Sorry, sorry, Roth IRA. After taxable income, if the uh, marriage filing income, if it is one seventy thousand or two hundred thousand, can we keep seven thousand in Roth IRA? See, Roth IRA is basically not giving you any tax deduction in the year in which you make a contribution. that that's basic difference between the traditional ira and the roth ira so uh, in a traditional ira in the year in which you are making a contribution you will become eligible for the deduction but once you will withdraw that money after the retirement then that income will be taxable to you roth ira you are not getting any kind of the deduction meaning you pay the tax on that income but when you will withdraw at the time of the retirement there will not be any kind of the tax so far as the amount of the contributions are concerned it depends upon the age threshold so can you put 6000 or 7000 i mean can you make the uh, the catch up contribution will depend upon the age threshold uh, and also what is the income we can keep that project? that's what i must not age suppose 6000 i'm eligible to keep so if i have earned 2 200000 as a family income can mm-hmm. we keep 6000 or Uh, is there any threshold yeah like for a married filing joint tax return like for you and your wife uh, you you can put total 12000 together but at that time uh, there are also certain income thresholds that also be taken into consideration or even 401k deduction also yeah 401k it is up to 19500 dollars uh, and that is something which oh, is set you- up by your employer but even along with the business tax planning uh, they these tools are really very important and uh, if you have any business then definitely you can you know uh, have more deductions uh, based on the incomes and everything so definitely you can maximize but that is more applicable to the business side i know for ira it is if you are single it is 75000 if you are making more than 75000 i think uh, you know it's, it's not uh, you can't say no deduction correct correct yes so even we can also talk about the earned income credit uh, basically that is for you know the low income earners and if you have any earned income then you can get a refundable credit from you know 1500 dollars to around 6700 dollars but it depends upon the family size your filing status your income earned income there are certain different kind of the criteria basically like i have observed that since last stimulus there were some people that who did not receive any kind of the stimulus for some reason and they they started filing their tax return just to claim the stimulus money but in that case they should not only file to claim the tax return only to claim that kind of the stimulus money but if you had some kind of the small income like you are having a small business and you made let's say 5 to 6000 dollars as an income you better report it to the tax return and when you report it to the tax return uh, don't report like a zero income you have earned the income you report it to the irs yeah and if you have you know the be, being all these criteria being fulfilled then you can become eligible for this good amount of refundable credit so that is also a good to you know get higher amount of the refunds from the irs when there is a capital loss uh, for a married filing joint tax return you can claim only up to 3000 dollars per year of the capital gains uh, sorry the amount of the capital loss against your income let's say in the year 2021 someone someone had a loss of 15000 on the capital stock loss now if you are filing a joint tax return out of that 15000 you can claim only 3000 in 2021 but it does not mean that remaining 12000 have lapsed you can carry it over to the next year until and unless this loss is fully covered there is a wash sales so like if you sell any securities or say if you any bought any securities then you are selling it for a loss again you are buying it within 30 days then this loss cannot be allowed to you by way of a deduction 
So in that case, you should be careful that you at least wait until another 30 days. On a 31st day, you uh, repurchase that security, then it is fine, then wash sales rules are not applicable to you. And you can claim the amount of the loss by way of a deduction. But when it's a cryptocurrencies, it will be just a text like a stock, long term, short term, and all the same rules will become applicable. But in case of a cryptocurrency, wash sales rules are not applicable. For wash sales rules are applicable only for the stock, not for the cryptocurrency. Can you please explain the crypto rule? I mean, like, uh, please elaborate. I mean, like, with example, let's say I have a crypto, uh, which I am lost right now. Can I mm-hmm. take a loss and buy at the same price? Then what would happen? I mean, like. So yeah, I then, already made some amount in the previous month. I mean. Yeah, I, I can give you one example that I, I purchased one stock, let's say for $1,000, right? Then I sold it for $800. So there was a loss of $200. Now in 29 days, I repurchased that security, that stock. Okay. So I cannot claim $200, the amount of the loss. But now assume that it were not a stock, but it was a cryptocurrency then I can claim the 200 loss amount of the deduction because the wash sales rules are not applicable. Rajesh, Rajesh, one thing I know as a stock trading, the wash rule applies on the same account whenever you do this because when they do audit, they need to look at your transaction. Let's say you have an account on different and same stock or crypto, you bought it, uh, that in you, your time cycle is on different account they will not give you the watch sell. Um, the yeah, ad- because there are different accounts. Because different but- account, exactly. That your trader, remember your broker sent 1099 to you. In that 1099 that you did not meet within the time frame, they have watch rules rule. So hence you are going to get penalized with that uh, breaking their watch, rail, watch rule. Uh, watch sales rules. Yeah. Rule, right? So this way, you know, if somebody said, I have multiple account, I did it. Nope, it did not happen. <laughs> That's the reason it's important to know what sell how it works it has to be within Mo- the same account Mo- 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 if mm-hmm. you have three three accounts okay mm-hmm. he, he, he uh, the gentleman is telling it's always aggregate because yeah in this account let's say you sold it and you bought it back within 30 days yeah that will apply and you're not going to get a credit but let's say uh, you 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 sold it and you did not purchase for 30 days then you can you know you can take the loss in this account and also in the other account. Yes. Also other account because all of that are going to be aggregated for the accounting purposes when you file the taxes. And as far as crypto is concerned, basically this year is a good year to take the you can you can sell before December thirty first and and then you can buy it back. Whatever loss you had will still go along as a, as a loss because it does the wash rule does not apply. Yes, right. That's why there is no, what I meant to say, like, again, guys, I do not want to confuse you or tell you that there is no black and white rule that, you know, what I know. It's about, yeah, the next thing is about additional child tax credit. We know that uh, under the American Rescue Plan Act, now people have started getting, you know, certain uh, payments from the IRS at a monthly amount, let's say $250 a month, $300 a month, depending upon the, you know, the age of the children. Right. So that's nothing but advance payment of the child tax credit. Now, end of the year, uh, everyone will receive one letter from the IRS. Uh, I think the letter number will be 6419 or something. Not uh, exactly sure about that. And that will mention that until 31st December, how much payment you have received on account of the child tax credit. And that is something you will need to provide it to your tax preparer. And based on that, he will be making a proper presentation of the child tax credit. If you did not receive any such amount, then you will be able to receive it against your amount of the tax refund. So that's about the additional child tax credit. About what's new this year is the charitable contribution. This is something we already discussed that deduction limit will be $600 in case you are not able to itemize. If you are able to itemize, then these deduction limit restrictions will not apply to you. Also, as you received in the last year, 2020, there have, there were uh, there were any recovery rebate credit. That is nothing but an amount of a stimulus payment. 
So, you know that in the beginning of the year 2021, every one of us received $1,400 per person as a stimulus check, but there are still few people who may not have received this stimulus money. So, in case it is not received, you will be able to claim it along with your tax return for the year 2021. And one more thing that for the year 2020, the unemployment compensation was exempt up to $12,200. But now this exemption is not, no longer applicable for the year 2021 and it is going to be fully taxable. So that are the three things uh, which is new this year, apart from you know that all the other provisions under the IRS. Thank you so much, Brajesh. His website is in www.dollartaxsavers.com. Dollartaxsavers.com. You can approach to us uh, for this kind of the tax planning with all the informations and everything. Then we do give you the advice. Also, we can tell you that what is the estimated tax that you are supposed to pay, how you can save the tax and after the tax savings, what can be your liabilities and everything. So there is a special tax planning advice that we are providing. And then when you do the tax prep work from us, then definitely you can get some sort of the credit. Our focus was today giving you some ideas so you can take it with you to do your personal tax. We will have business focused. Just stand by for more details. Hi, Rajesh. Yeah. Uh, I just uh, one question. Uh, what is the difference between if we are trading, uh, like using a company uh, uh, account and trading or individual account? So we can avoid the tax. We, yeah. So like, uh, basically, it's a kind of a tax planning, no tax avoidance. Yeah. So with this, uh, any stock trading done in the name of the LLC, you will be able to claim certain amount of the expenses. Like very simply, I can explain you uh, if I continue to same example that I had purchased a stock for $100 and now I am selling it for $1,400. So I am making a $400 as the amount of capital gain. But if I do it under the LLC and if I versus I am doing as a personal, so if I had done only personal, no LLC, I, I am paying a tax on a $400. But if you do the LLC, then there are certain expenses. You can claim certain expenses as admin expenses, office expenses, these, that, which are legit, I mean, which are legally allowed to you by way of a deduction. So that can further help you reduce your amount of that tax with doing under the name of the LLC. That's it for this episode, folks. Thank you for listening. And if it was helpful to you, please click the like button and follow us so that you can listen to more of our podcast. You can also visit us at urbanhood.org to learn more about our other programs. We hope you'll check in with us again. And until then, keep learning and do whatever it takes to reach financial freedom and follow your dreams.